With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Everybody, it is Thursday, November 6, 2019. That means it's another great episode of Full Press Coverage Radio Live. I am your host, Ian Glendon, joined as always by Mr. Mike DeBate. And once again, for hopefully the final time, it'll just be in voice and not face. So, Michael, how are we doing this morning? <laughs> Other than the grand unveiling having to be delayed yet one more day, folks. Yes, I'm doing pretty well this morning. It's a Wednesday morning. I actually know the day today, and this week is actually even a little bit better. And surprisingly, it's a Patriots bye week. Usually, I'd be all discombobulated, but for some reason, I'm able to structure. Yesterday, the Doc Brown anniversary, and today, a big anniversary for us, my friend. Uh, And I know we'll be talking a little bit about that today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and I'm you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump right to it. It is 18 years to the day that 24, starring Mr. Kiefer Sutherland and the uh, the greatest fictional uh, president of all time, uh, premiered on Fox. So 24, as you know, as you heard from the intro, is a big part of the show and will always be part of that show. So so there there's a very slight and and by very slight I mean a very good chance that we end up spending a significant significant amount of time today talking about 24 in in, in some way or one way or the other. So. Um, Yes, 24. And, of course, it's uh, uh, the day after Montreal Screwjob 2.0. Boston Bruins should have won in Montreal last night, but some silly uh, offsides replay uh, negated uh, what what should have been a good goal, and and chaos ensued. Okay, look, we're not saying it's as serious as the original Montreal Screwjob. You and I both know how serious that was. You know, Brett screwed Brett. Let's never forget that, so... And I know you have some strong feelings on that whole. Oh, of course. You never forget the Brett screwed Brett. No, no. Vince no. had no sympathy for Brett. <laughs> Man, I, I remember watching that live and 
you know that was that was like peak um i believed everything that happened in wrestling was real and that just happened to be real <laughs> like that that whole uh how everything went down just happened to be real um so that that was only further evidence to me that that the whole thing was was not an act like it actually is but um those are some good times it turned the tide in professional sports entertainment. I mean, no question about it. Prior to that time, Vince McMahon was not even uh, barely acknowledged as the owner of the company. He was an announcer. Yep. He was the guy that ran raw. And every once in a while, someone would drop a hint that Vince was the guy in charge. But it usually ended up rolling right off everybody's back. Mm -hmm. No one really listened. All of a sudden, this put him squarely in the spotlight. Vince was the man. And everybody knew it now. And it was, the, I think, the birth of the Vince McMahon character, the Mr. McMahon character, which probably was the greatest heel in all of professional wrestling history. Uh, I don't see anybody that really ever equaled the heat that he got uh, in arenas. I remember going to arenas and watching and seeing him come out. And it also fueled the fire for guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin mm -hmm. and The Rock. And it built that attitude era of wwe that they that, that hadn't been around and you know it it um just a real seminal moment in the history of professional wrestling and yet like yourself i was watching that live as well i remember seeing it and just shaking my head and going and see at the time i was still skeptical i still thought everything <laughs> was a work i figured this was somehow tied in Brett was going to show up the next night on Raw. He wasn't really going to WCW. There were all these kinds of things. And this is right around the time that the internet started pumping yep. out rumors. And uh, you could actually know what was going on. <laughs> exactly. The message boards. Yeah. We all know some of them. I won't mention any of them because, you know, we have Talkamania on our show. That's the go-to for yes. any type of, exactly. uh, you know, uh, wrestling news, folks. Definitely go to the Talkamania guys. But, uh, yeah, great stuff. I know I went on a soapbox a little bit here, but no. uh, that took me back to my youth, my friend. You just yes. you just took me back. You could put me in a way back machine here today. You know, you know. The funny thing is, is like doctors have been giving you medicine so you can remember some of your youth, and here I am. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm making it possible for you to remember so, so long ago. And uh, absolutely, <laughs> yes, you took the youth out of me. Uh, the, the 75 years ago, the mm -hmm. date that I watched that, it's, it's unbelievable. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> I used to walk uphill both ways. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. No I used to wear. Oh, I got no, oh, I got no, <laughs> no respect. respect. Oh, oh. Uh, oh God, you know. Look, I mean, I mean, look, the, uh, and, and I, I want to, uh, you know, we, we started talking about Vince McMahon, and look, this is this is FPC Radio Live, which means we cover everything that FullPressCoverage.com covers, and uh, we have a great guy in Evan Gomes who runs our Full Press Wrestling page, and guess what? wrestling involves Vince McMahon. So we're going to talk about Vince McMahon for a minute and, uh, you know, talk about the, uh, you know, he, he was the, uh, you know, he was the authority in, in so many different ways, obviously in reality and just in the character he played. And like you said, his just, his bravado, his, his, uh, quote unquote swagger and his just overall, uh, presence was, was he hit everything. And I, I don't think there, there was any better villain. And uh, I, I happened to be watching, and, and this is, you know, this comes very close, but I happened to be watching a clip yesterday of the, uh, probably the most famous heel turn, and I'm not going to say it, I'm going to, I think you can figure it out, but the most famous heel turn of all time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do, my friend. Actually happened not too far away from where you're at right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think I knew that, but I don't think I know that. So anyways, of but course. Which side is he on? Yeah, exactly. And well, here we are. We're talking about obviously, obviously, Hulk Hogan, the greatest heel turn right. of all time. NWO, come on now. I mean, that who, is. I mean, I mean, talk talk about like you know. Obviously, again, I I go back to talking about when I was a kid watching wrestling, thinking it was real, and you know, I mean, look, I will always defend people who say, "Oh, it's fake." It's like. Go ahead, you get in the ring and you do some of the stuff that they're doing and tell me how fake it is. It's like it's like the Patriots playing playing fake NFL teams. Yeah, okay, <laughs> go out there yeah. and you you play them. Um, no, it, it was <clears throat> it was an incredible thing because obviously Hulk Hogan, Thunder Lips or Thunder Kiss, uh, was uh, <laughs> bigger, larger than life, and uh, you know the 
the the icon, the the wrestling icon of the '80s and early '90s, all that. All of a sudden, he turns heel, and it's great, and it, it, it rivals the the greatness of the Vince McMahon heel, which was, uh, I think, in my opinion, unmatched because he was he was just fantastic. And like, if you think back at some of the the greatest moments of of the '90s and and 2000s when it comes to wrestling, it's like he always was involved some way or another. I mean, in terms of funny moments, dramatic moments, exciting moments, it, it was it was uh, Vince McMahon was kind of at the center of it all and one of my favorite um <laughs> one of my favorite just like funny clips was in it, when he was in the hospital at stone cold <laughs> oh, the, the, the bed. yeah and he hits him i'm not gonna steal your thunder go ahead you, you got this one no no you you're you're going right where i was going and and that was uh you know stone cold hitting uh vince in the head with the bedpan <laughs> with the bedpan and it's just the whole like he gets hit and then vince just puts this like face of like shock on where he's just like his whole body like kind of goes limp and he gives that like vince uh exaggeration face i don't know it's just it, it's hard to explain but it's just it's so funny to me and it was so funny at the time and it's just it uh it's good nostalgia. Good nostalgia. Oh, it absolutely is. And that was hilarious. I still remember watching those vignettes mm-hmm. and seeing every week it was like, okay, well, what's Stone Cold going to do to him this time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he took a cement truck and poured cement into his Corvette. Uh, the beer truck, probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved when he drove the Zamboni to the ring. I think you're probably, <laughs> uh, you know, that, I think that probably favorites. has a special place in your heart. Uh, but it just seemed like no matter what, there was always something to be done to one up and you're absolutely right yeah the sh- most shocking heel turn without any question was hulk hogan mm-hmm. and you know with the nwo and you know just that was i think the birth of attitude wrestling but in terms of the turning point for the wwe who was really getting beat bad in the ratings by wcw yep. for uh, was it 52 consecutive weeks it was, uh, yeah, um, that's right they uh, uh yeah they sharp um, as ever they, Absolutely. See, I took the medicine this morning, so say, it's all said. It's everything's clicking. They're, yeah, uh, definitely. Took my vitamins, brother. Centrum, uh, what? Centrum Silver. <laughs> That's right. And say over. your prayers. Eat your vitamins. <laughs> yeah, Take you. your Geritol, brother. Oh, see how it all, it so, all ties um, in. It all ties in. It does. It, it, it all ties in, like the Huckster and the Nacho Man. Yeah. That's really going back. Oh, That's man. really, really going back. But um, Dating ourselves. In any case, yeah, the um, yeah the Montreal Screwjob was something that I think really kind of woke people up to the reality storyline in professional mm-hmm. wrestling up till then you really hadn't seen a whole lot of it you saw the nwo come into to wcw and look for all the flack that eric bischoff gets uh, you know in today's you know day and age when it comes to uh, uh, to professional wrestling you got to give him his credit for having the guts to turn hulk hogan heel mm-hmm. i mean that that really is uh, a big uh, um that's that's a pretty big you know moment in uh, in, in professional wrestling and uh, you know you got to give him uh, a lot of credit who uh i actually happened to meet him once uh eric bischoff i don't know if i ever told you this no, story I, but I uh, it was it it was in an atlanta airport i was with a couple of friends of mine we were traveling and then all of a sudden i i happened to see him and uh, my buddy pointed him out and he says that's eric bischoff and we went up to him and you know just went right up to him very nonchalantly turned around shook our hand and was very very you know cordial and you know really easy going so that was nice that was mm-hmm. actually pretty cool to uh, to see him and to see that he was that open uh actually a very nice guy in real life most people would probably think the complete opposite because of the character he's played uh but he actually was he was very uh very easy to talk to and uh didn't act like he was above anybody talked to us for about 10 or 15 minutes oh, and wow. then had a flight to catch and he left so it was uh, it was pretty uh that was a pretty fun time uh before cell phone cameras uh yeah. were uh well, came out at that point so uh not able to get a a, a camera selfie with uh with eric but uh it was a good uh in any case it was it was a good moment and uh it was fun it was it was pretty cool to get a chance to meet him. Yeah, and, and if any, anyone remembers the early stages of uh, camera cell phones, they, you know, <laughs> they weren't that good. I mean, it was... <laughs> yeah, it the was, ones on was, the flip phones, yeah, yeah they were terrible. It, it, was, it was nice to take a photo, but, you know, you, you realize real quickly that uh, it just wasn't it just wasn't a thing. But, no, that's great. And, and you know, I still remember, you know, that when he showed up on, on <laughs> WWF, you know, and I'll still always call it WWF, screw the World Wildlife Foundation, you know, if you're listening... <laughs> Screw you. Um, <laughs> but it did lead to a pretty awesome campaign because if you remember that when, when they decided to drop the F and go to the E, it was like, get the F out. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was their whole thing. And I, I loved it because, again, that was, you know, again, early 2000s, you know, you're just out of the late 90s. So, you know, things were a little bit different. You wouldn't see a lot of that stuff now. You know, it's kind of, you know, 
it, it, that's why Eric Bischoff at the time was was great for for both those company. You know, obviously WCW, and then you know the whole uh, battle going back and forth. It just fit the times a little bit better, and uh, you know it was fun. You know, like I said, I was glad I grew up to uh, grew up in, and I got I, I, many a times I spent at uh, either Providence, Boston, or Wooster for WWE or WWF live events, and that was that was fun, but. Um, I think the whole point of bringing up the Montreal Screwjob was obviously so I could talk about hockey, which obviously meant we just went on 15 minutes about professional wrestling, but that's fine because we do what we want on this show. We're not restricted by anything but time. Um, so, anyways, last night I'm gonna I'll, I'll I'll keep it brief because you know we we do have a lot of uh, other stuff to get to. There's some uh, NFL news, some other uh, things I want to talk about. I want to ask you about Dean Spanos's comments uh, recently about the uh, a rumored uh, potential move to Lo- London, and uh, he he pretty much shot those down uh, right away. But um, last night, Montreal, and and this this is more of a. Uh, a you know, I hate the shootout. If anyone listens to myself and uh, my co-host Chris Blackie on the Big Bad Bruins podcast, I recently went on a rant about the shootout in hockey and how much I think it stinks, how I hate it. It's just it's the worst thing in sports. Well, very close behind that, it, it comes from the same sport, and that's the review of offsides. And we, we got a terrible overturn last night in Montreal. A little bit of home cooking, in my opinion. Um, got an overturn last night in Montreal where, where the Bruins were, uh, the, the play was ruled onside to begin with. They scored a goal to go up 5-4 after falling behind. Um, it goes to review because Claude, and I can't hate Claude, I, I, I love Claude Julien, but, you know, he's a Canadian right now, so screw him. Um, <laughs> goes to review, challenges the play. It gets overturned by what I consider not to be conclusive evidence, and uh, naturally as the... Uh, you know, things happen in sports. The Canadians scored shortly after, immediately following a non-call goalie interference and a non-call regular interference in that same span of time right before the goal. So I was very upset. I don't know if you caught the game last night. I was. I had my eyes glued to, glued to the TV because, of course, Bruins-Canadians, um, one of the best rivalries in all the sports, not just hockey. And, uh, yeah, I, I was I was upset, and I was, uh, <laughs> I was pretty bummed to see it. But, you know, hey, screw the Canadians, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, absolutely. I think we can all agree on that. But in any case, I did watch a little bit of the game. I did see the play in question, and I do know that. And I, I remember seeing it and saying to myself, "Yeah, Ian is probably destroying <laughs> every room in his house right now." And you know, and with good cause. I, I do believe with good cause. I side with Bruce Cassidy on this one. He was absolutely livid after this game, mm-hmm. and essentially said that now with the rule in place, it basically gives the ref the opportunity to look for something being wrong. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you saw here. Yeah, where there's some lines, where there's some skates. You know, I think you can maybe make the argument that there were but i mean in terms of this being conclusive enough to overturn and hand the momentum directly back to the montreal canadians and claude julian even said this after the game you know that really turned the tide for them and montreal got better after that fed off of it uh, you know i think it's it's just yeah just to me egregious and um yeah, if you're a Bruins fan this morning, like my, like I am, and like you know, my good friend sitting on the other side of the microphone here is stark raving. Uh, you're definitely upset by this. Yeah, I have to. Excuse me, I have to remember I'm on camera. So one, I can't cuss and I can't like break anything, and two, I can't pick my nose because that that would be embarrassing. You know, thinking. Well, just think- remember, you can just remember you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you cannot pick your friends' noses. That's the rule of sportscaster. You cannot do that. <laughs> that's that's a, that's, a, that's a great rule to live by and something to yeah. to to uh, to remember each and every day because there have been a few moments where um, I get the itch on the outside of my nose, and then naturally my head goes to Seinfeld, and I'm like, it's an itch. It's not you know. It's not a pick. It's not a pick. It was on the outside. No but pick. No pick. But you know what? You never know. Maybe I go to scratch on the outside. The camera uh, delays a second. All of a sudden, it looks like a pick. I, I just I can't risk it. But every day, and it, it's starting to happen as we speak. I get a. Terrible... You could always do the show in mittens. I mean, that could uh, that would help. I mean, you know that would that would allow you know <laughs> Look, something. I guess so. You know, I, I I think people think I'm a I'm a little slow to begin with. I don't I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to lend any more uh, 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 credence to that theory. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my hands just just fine. So I I I'll just away from my nose. If if I get caught, whatever you know, I, I whatever. I'm on camera, all right. You know, there's a lot of pressure. It's early in the morning. Like you know, it, what I, you know. Stop it, Mike. You're, you're <laughs> killing me, man. Um, no, look, I I uh, 
like I said, there we we do have some NFL news, and we're we're gonna start with that because I'm gonna I'm gonna get my notes right here. And as you can see on camera, I'm reaching for a piece of paper so I can uh, you know, get this together. But uh, like I was upset about the the hockey game last night. Um, you know, again, it's the regular season. You know, with the Bruins, especially you know a team that should compete again for a Stanley Cup. This sucks now, but you know you 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 obviously don't want to see that in the playoffs. But uh, you know the Bruins are a really good team, probably the best in hockey right now. Um, they they're playing, uh, they're firing all on all cylinders. But uh, it, it's still disappointing when whenever they lose to the Canadians. So um, you know when it comes to any sport, they're probably my most hated team. You know and that that goes beyond the Yankees, that goes beyond the Jets, or you know any sad sack of a team that you know the nfl trots out to try to knock off the patriots but uh nope canadians uh always uh at the very very top of that list and i don't think that will ever change for me so okay we're gonna move move along here uh move along move along sir uh we're gonna move over to the nfl and we we talked about cam newton a little bit the other day and i i can't remember because all these days blend together now because well yeah, hey, <laughs> we're on here talking sports every day. It's hard to keep track. Uh, Cam Newton is officially gone to the injured reserve, and I think that is something we anticipated happening once he heard that he was going to need another several weeks for recovery. Um, I, I, I think this just kind of reaffirms what I thought before. I think he's done in Carolina. I, you know, I just I don't see how you can bring him back for the last year of his contract, pay him that much money, and then just, you know, kind of do this whole reset a year from now. I think you just got to have to, for both player and team, move on. So um, I'm assuming nothing has changed too much in your opinion. I agree with that 100%, and I think you made two great points. The fact of the matter is is that they probably are using this opportunity. And look, I know he's injured. There's not Nobody oh, is yeah. questioning as to whether or not Cam Newton is injured. So please don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. But the fact that he is going on IR probably indicates that they're going to use this opportunity to try to work out something in a business standpoint and allow him maybe to be able to be moved in the offseason so that way they don't have to bring him back on one year and have him essentially play out for that. Mm-hmm. I think the Carolina Panthers will most likely look to move in a different direction. They've showed signs of being able to play and play at a decent level without him. Um, I think it's time for both sides to kind of walk away at this point. You know, you can't, and that that's no way, that's in no way, shape or form a knock on Cam Newton, who I think has played admirably in uh, the Carolina Panthers organization. I think he's carried that team as far as he can. Mm-hmm. I think it's just time for two, the two parties to move in a different direction. So, my guess, and and I, I think I, I join you in that assessment as well, is that Cam will be playing his football elsewhere next year, and that's going to make for a very interesting offseason. You can bet that a lot of teams are going to be lining up to get someone like a Cam Newton in their camp and be able to utilize his skill set uh, in their system. Yeah, and and look, I this this isn't this is mute, like you said mutually beneficial for both. I think Cam could really use a fresh start elsewhere. Um, kind of reset, find a hopefully find a team that it will cater to his strengths and, and not just try to force him into something that he's not. And you know, I brought up you know in theory that the Bears might be better off going out and getting a guy like Eli Manning next year as they just kind of sh- shift their offense around them. Well, Cam Newton's another option, and, and two different quarterbacks. Obviously, um, I think Cam Newton. Uh, you know, obviously has, like I said, you have to cater to what he does best. You can't expect him to try to change what he does. So that means he's going to do a lot of running. He's going to do a lot, you know, some improvising, and you're going to have to live with that and try to figure out how to utilize that best. If you try to make him a pocket passer or make him something that he's not, it's just you're not going to get much better. So I think there is a chance that, uh, you know, a team like Chicago might take it, you know, take a flyer on him and just find out because, you know, maybe they have him at a, at a you know, a cut rate deal or, or something where you can kind of get a feel for what he's doing, you know, how he is and how he works in the system. Because, you know, I think we can all safely say that Mitch Trubisky is probably not the answer in Chicago and um they have a good enough defense that they that they can compete uh but you know again at the same time you you're gonna have a fairly good uh, good crop of of free agent quarterbacks next year if you think about it between Teddy Bridgewater I'm sure uh guys like Gardner Minshew uh who is you know going back to the bench is going to get uh you know he's not a free agent but I'm sure he's going to gar- garner some interest um just be based on how he played and filled in for the Jaguars. I mean, you got, te- like I said, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Tom Brady. No, I'm just joking. Tom Brady's not going anywhere. <laughs> if you believe that or even hope that, you're you're foolish and, and 
and silly. So stop it. Um, yeah, but he sold his house, Ian. What does <laughs> yes. it mean? Well, it, it means... means something. Okay. He's trying to tell us something. Okay. And now, see, now you got me going here. And <laughs> so for anyone out there that the actually... TB 12 times that alligator in yeah. there, it means something, Ian, it's got to mean something. You know, you're right, Mike. It means that he's just doing what every athlete and every human being in the, sh- in the world does. And that's changing things in their life. Um, it doesn't mean that he's changing Thank you. his whole life and that <laughs> his whole life being the New England Patriots. And, you know, the, 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 the only reason this whole idea caught steam was because Adam Schefter got up on TV and he drew a conclusion based on the assumption that he was moving to angle himself for his next opportunity. That was it. That was the the crux of the whole thing, and we saw how that caught fire. Now, all of a sudden, he, he buys a house in, in, in Connecticut to be closer to our friend Murph. I, I, I mean, I'm assuming uh, that was the case. Oh, yeah, um, it's a couple of streets over. As yeah, a matter well, of fact, I think I think Tom and Giselle are going to be spending uh, Thanksgiving at the Murph yeah. household uh, already. <laughs> I, yeah, I believe he's well, already asked to borrow his hedge clippers, so you know that's going to be a good relationship that's, right that, there. Right? That's, very, that's very true. Let's hope it's not uh, uh, Homer, George Bush, and more Homer and uh, Gerald Ford. Uh, if yeah. we know our Simpsons history, correct. But um, no, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they caught wind of what Butchie's been doing. And, uh, you know, Tom Tom loves winners and, and good athletes. So, uh, no, we're, we're obviously he is moving to Connecticut, uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, home of the McMahons. Huh? 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 It's all. Uh, there we go. Um, maybe, maybe Tom and Gronk are going to team up in WWE. Go. That's going to be the next. So we're go. starting that right now. Tom, Tom, Tom and Gronk to Tom, WWE. Hashtag it. Tom is going to the XFL. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, 43-year-old Tom Brady is going to uh, make $55,000 a year to go to the XFL. That's it. We figured it out. Uh, yep. No, but look, seriously, that, that was the reason why this whole thing was brought up was, oh, he's selling his house. He must be angling for, for more. I mean, and, and this is what happens when you draw conclusions based on bleh, nothing. And, uh, you know, we saw how it caught fire and how people are all like, oh, well, he's unhappy, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, the guy, first of all, it makes zero sense for either party to move on at this point. Um, one, Tom is still playing in an, at an elite level. Um, two, uh, they continue to win. Three, I mean, do you think Jared Stidham is ready to go? I mean, even even in the case of Tom Brady, when he was coming along, they had no intentions of playing him. Well, I don't want to say they had no intentions, but their intention was not to play him to start his second year. So uh, even with Tom Brady, he was expected to sit a couple of years before he eventually took over the gig from Jubletso. It just obviously injuries forced forced their hand. Um so, again, I don't think Jared Stidham's going to be ready to go next year. Uh, and, again, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a team that's been to three straight Super Bowls with this quarterback who, again, is still playing at a high level. So it, it doesn't make sense for any party, and it doesn't make sense for a 43-year-old quarterback to go play his final two years elsewhere. It just And <clears throat> there was something that was brought up, too, that was mentioned. And, uh, you know, when, when Tom Brady was in college, he was at Michigan, obviously. We all know that. And he was constantly being – you know, pushed aside for the next big thing, whether it was Drew Henson or, or what have you, Brian Greasy. Uh, he right. had a chance. He had a chance to go to Cal, and he would have started. He would have had a chance to to go out there and be the guy at Cal. But what did he do? He decided against that. He decided, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to what I committed to, and he went out and fought and earned himself a, a spot and an opportunity to, to showcase his talents, and he did. And look. Does this sound like a guy who's all of a sudden going to be like, you know what? I don't like my coach. I'm going to go play elsewhere for the last year or two of my life, you know, in my career. So it just, it just it never made sense to begin with. And this whole him buying a house in Connecticut only further proves how silly that whole narrative was. Because what is he doing? Angling to go to the Jets? The Giants? I mean, come on. <laughs> really? The XFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The XFL. You know what? I'm actually starting to buy it. So. <laughs> if he if he does sign in the XFL, uh, be sure to credit uh, us. I mean, we we yes, we demand absolutely. Credit. You you just had it first. Yeah, I did. You just I had did. it first. Now this would this would credit to go to iGlen thirty one, yep. ladies and gentlemen. Right. Definitely Twitter, credit him. He had it first. That TB twelve um, and the XFL. It, yep. it it rolls off yep. the tongue. So <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. It does. But it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, perfect fit. 
Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't even know what we were talking about before. But you, you said we were that. talking about Cam Newton. We, <laughs> yeah, okay, and yeah, I, that, I'm glad go. that you brought up. I'm glad that you brought up Chicago as a possible destination because I really that's the first thing that I thought of yesterday when I saw Cam on IR and I started to look at possible teams. Chicago was the first team that jumped out on the page to me. And a lot of people may look at that and say, "Well, do they have the system in place to be able to handle him?" I believe that they can tailor make those weapons that they have around him to Cam Newton. David Montgomery's playing at a high level right now. Terry. Cohen is still a very, very good running back. Their wide receivers have speed. Taylor Gabriel, Cordero Patterson, old friend of the New England Patriots, definitely doing some good things there. So they have the weapons to be able to mold around Cam Newton. They have a tremendous defense in Chicago. That'd be a very interesting landing spot for him if he's able to break free and they do look to work something out. You can bet that Chicago is going to be working those lines and trying to put together a package of either picks or or anything that they possibly could to try to lure him away. So keep a sharp eye on that. I, I like Chicago as a potential destination for him. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, it doesn't come without risks because, <clears throat> again, Cam Newton isn't your traditional quarterback, and uh, you know he obviously has at times struggled and hasn't quite regained that 2015 Cam Newton yet. But uh, again, compared to Mitch Trubisky, I'll take it. That's that was kind of my whole theory with with Eli Manning. It's like, look, you're not gonna get, you're at least gonna get the the seasoned veteran mind with Eli Manning versus Mitch Trubisky, and and the play. You know, like I said, I think you can make up for it if the offense is designed around a certain player and that's the same case with Cam Newton I think he's an incredible athlete who has an amazing you know a great arm he just has to figure out how to put it all together and you know again this could be a opportunity for Matt Nagy to design this offense around him because I think he does have a little bit longer of a leash than Mitch Trubisky I think Matt Nagy will get you know if they move on from Mitch this year I think he's eventually going to get you know, an opportunity to at least start next season. We'll see what happens from there. But um, we gave our, 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 uh, what's it called? Coaching uh, fire percentages yesterday. So if you want to do that, go, go ahead and check out the podcast. It's on uh, pretty much all the platforms. We have podcasts. So check it out. FPC radio live, all that, all that fun stuff. So um, some more quarterback news. And I I briefly mentioned Gardner Minshew, but uh, Nick Foles is set to return. And um, I think a lot of people have forgotten that Nick Foles is the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. But he went down about five minutes into the season with a broken collarbone and uh, Minshew mania took over. Um, I think, you know, look, this is the right move to go back to Nick Foles. You just paid him a whole lot of money. And, you know, the guy has has more than proven him self-capable of, of running an NFL team and uh you know I think it's a smart move I, I I think this is good also for Gardner Minshew because all of a sudden he has the stock kind of like Jimmy G I mean not to that level but he has this stock that's not going to go down at this point um the, the no matter how the season finishes for the Jaguars his stock is high and you know that's going to help him moving forward so uh smart move to uh head back to Nick Foles yeah absolutely I mean because we've seen now some cracks in the uh in, in the in the foundation when it comes to Gardner Minshew and look How I mean there's you. that's too <laughs> well I know I know but look not saying the future's not bright for the kid and I'm not saying that's it he's done or he's been exposed or that's it he's he's done for the year no there's no question about it there's a lot to like about this kid but he's a rookie and you have to understand that he's going to play like that at times and Nick Foles does still give you I think the best option to win so for the Jaguars yeah definitely a smarter move going to Foles he is there he's the guy they brought in They wanted to mold their offense around him. They have to see what they have. They have not yet done that even close to it. Um, You know, you made the the point five minutes into the season, he goes down with a broken collarbone. And then all of a sudden the Nick Foles era looks like it's almost over. Mm -hmm. Minchu comes in, plays phenomenal. And then you're wondering if he's ever going to see the field again. I mean, there's, you know, there's all different kinds of rumors and things that can happen when a player goes down with injury and someone comes in to play well in his stead. But, Foles ultimately, you know, is still the holder of that job, and I, and I don't think they made a bad decision here. We'll see what happens, and if he falters, you can always go back to Gardner. He's right, he's waiting in the wings, and you know he can get the job done. I I feel like these uh, quarterback battles just follow Nick Foles wherever he goes. <laughs> they, just this time, he's the starter, he's the incumbent, and uh, he's fighting off the backup. No, I think. Look, uh, this is a good situation for the Jaguars. They have two guys that are capable of winning football games for them. Um, again, it, the injury to Nick Foles, unfortunately, it just happens. You know, it's it's unfortunate, and you know, again, 
he misses some time, but he's still a really good quarterback. We've seen it, obviously, firsthand in the Super Bowl. We've seen it in other seasons outside of Philadelphia, uh, you know, or, or at least the second stint in Philadelphia. He was really good in his original first <laughs> appearance in Philadelphia several years back. So, uh, you know, he's a good quarterback. I think the Jaguars are in a situation where, look, they can't go wrong. And I think you go, you'd make the safe move, you go back to the starter, and if things don't go well, then, you, you know, you make a decision from there. But, you know, at this point, you just gave Nick Foles a big contract four years you're paying him a lot of money he's not you know you know he's not falling off a cliff or anything like that he just he was dealing with an injury and and for the most part uh players generally get their job back when they return from injury depending on I mean again depending on who you are as a player I mean let's let's not kid ourselves I mean the (laughs) number 53 on the roster isn't going to have that same sort of job security but you know the quarterback or the starting uh left guard or the the starting linebacker they're going to have a little bit more leeway so um, good move for the Jaguars. It's it's going to be good to see him out there and see if they can uh, gel right away. So, um, you know, in other news, uh, this is uh, kind of, you know, a bit unfortunate because he was having, in, in the very brief amount of time he was actually on the field, he was showing a really good connection with Carson Wentz. But uh, Deshaun Jackson is done for the season. He apparently... Uh, his abdominal muscle apparently completely tore off and uh, he's had surgery to repair that but that is certainly an injury that takes some time to recover and uh, that you know what that hurts the Eagles a lot because you know going into uh, you know we obviously talk about the Patriots a lot so their next game isn't for two weeks and that's against the Eagles and I'm thinking well they have a pretty pretty you know devastating wide receiver group when you add Deshaun Jackson because his ability to just take the top off the defense is is you know, almost unmatched, you know, if if you look at, you know, number of 50 plus yard touchdown catches he's made over the last several years. I mean, he's, he's tops in every one of those categories. He, him and Wentz are just, it's a great combination. So um, that's unfortunate news for Jackson, who uh, seemed to really be uh, uh, enjoying his time back in Philadelphia. I would imagine okay. you agree. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just, I was, I was just, I was, Michael, yeah, I was just seeing if you were saying. Well, no, it, it seemed, no, it seemed like you hadn't finished your thought. I didn't want to steal no, your thunder there I or did. cut you off. Okay, <laughs> no, no, absolutely, no, I, I, yeah, that's that is absolutely my, my a. Thoughts, um, my thoughts aren't that complicated, so don't. don't they're not that complicated. I, we, we have learned this, my friend. There's no question <laughs> about it. But ultimately, yes, there is that. You know that. Anytime a player goes down with injury, you never want to see it. And then, you know, I mean, obviously the Patriots are playing the Eagles in a couple of weeks. And, you know, it's a situation where now already I've seen a couple of tweets floating around about, oh, the Patriots get all the breaks. Now, look, you know, he's going to be. Look, that's that's completely asinine and just really a stupid thing to say. Um, Anytime a player goes down like that, you, you never want to see it. And. You know, it, it really is a shame because you hit the nail right on the head. Wentz and he were really developing, I think, a very good synergy. And you're starting to see that battery relationship come together. So, you know, you wish him all the best. Hope for a, a speedy recovery. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But the Eagles still have a lot to play for down the stretch. So they still have to be very focused on what they need to do. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they will be. That's a, that's a team full of professionals. Uh, maybe they're not having as much fun as they usually do right now, but you know, maybe that will, uh, will help in a little, uh, in a little while. Maybe they'll start to have some fun again. Just, uh, don't expect them to have too much fun on the, on November 17th. That's no, no, all I'm no. Say. I, I, th- I think they're going to be uh, walking into, uh, what, what they call a buzzsaw and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and again, that's a, it's just unfortunate timing, but you know, you don't want to take the Eagles lightly, no matter what. I mean, they do have a lot of talent. And of course, you know, when, when you win a Super Bowl, there, there's something that you can always fall back on and at least hopefully draw positives from. So um, I did just get confirmation that Brian Snow, Snow Man in the Morning, will be joining us in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk a little basketball with him. I know he's, he's probably chomping at the bit to talk about a little LeBron James and his uh, self-congratulatory uh, uh, social media post, which you know seemed to occur every time he does something uh, in his eyes that's special. But uh, credit to the Lakers. They're off to a good start, and you know whatever. We'll see how long that lasts. But I, I do want to talk to him about it, so we'll, we'll save that a little bit. Um, look, it's Wednesday. We mentioned uh, it, it's the um, – anniversary of the premiere of 24 the greatest action television show of all time jack bowers the greatest action hero superhero any sort of hero ever um i will take him over captain america iron man it doesn't matter ant-man doesn't matter he'll crush them all all in 24 hours mind you he never takes more than that so um, i gotta ask you mike and i'm gonna put you on the spot because we've had plenty of conversations about this this very topic um how would you rank the seasons and i'm talking one through eight in season nine 
not not living at you know not the spinoff oh okay um i still don't see how anybody can rank season five any lower than number one uh to me i mean it just from start to finish that was a pure tour de force of action every single week plot turns twists everything you could possibly imagine in 24 happened in that season you want to talk about heel turns i mean what more what more shocking heel turn can you get than having the president of the United States be the villain in a show that is, you know, heavily featuring that character? Just unbelievable, and and, and a lot of guts showed by, uh, the, by the writers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, did he had the I, razor. I had that. Razor yeah, I, I, me yeah. too. Me too. I, yep, I think everybody about, did. I we, think we talked yeah, about I, shitty camera quality. I mean, there you go, right there. But oh, yeah. that camera quality was terrible on the razor. It was awful. Anyways. But it was but, a camera. You know, but, but but back in the day, it was a camera phone. It was a razor. It looked sleek, and and he had it, and he was talking to Christopher Henderson on the other end of it. But uh, amazing. Yep. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Christopher Henderson of, uh, uh, you know, obviously Peter Weller of, uh, of RoboCop fame. Uh, but just the guts on that season surprised me where they killed off so many indelible characters that the fans got a chance to really know and love. I think it was, you know, starting with, with Edgar Styles, which was a really, whoa, whoa, really heart wrenching loss. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> starting with the president five minutes into the season so well yeah, that's I, yeah let's I mean, just i yeah. mean like that that was i mean oh i'm gonna i'm gonna frame it this way i i happen to be going uh, uh to my friend's house he lived in new york city his parents grew up there we went to college together so we occasionally we would take the drive from umass to to new york city and stay for the weekend well this this happened to be one of those weekends and and 24 was great at this because what they do they do the double premiere so not only would they have two episodes on on the premiere night but they'd have two nights of two episodes so we got all four of those first four episodes in two two back-to-back nights it was it was incredible but so we're all sitting there we're, we're we the plan was we're gonna watch 24 and then we're gonna go out it's new york city or whatever all that stuff um we're all sitting there i think we're sitting on the edge of the bed or on couches and stuff like that and five Five minutes in, David Palmer gets shot in the neck, and it was just like, okay, things are getting intense. <laughs> things, yeah, things are getting pretty crazy. And 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 like you said, I mean, it was shot right right out of cannon. That that whole season was was just one action moment after the next, and 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 Kiefer obviously as Jack Bauer coming out of hiding and and just you know completely taking over right for right from the get-go it, it was fantastic so i agree with you season number five has to be tops and uh yeah it, it's it's no question in my in my mind yeah i do I, I believe season five is is at the top of the list number two is probably going to surprise some people uh i have the original season season one coming in at number two and the reason i say that and i rank it so high is because without the success of that season 24 mm-hmm. does not become the juggernaut that it became that first 12 episodes of season one was some of the most compelling television I've ever watched. Again, we've talked about this and that we've watched this show from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, my birthday is on the 24th, so absolutely, when I see the number 24 come up and I know that's going to be a show, to me it didn't even matter what the show was going to be about. <laughs> I was going to watch it. I was already a fan of Kiefer Sutherland. I already liked you know, the way that this show was being marketed, and I said, this looks interesting and it looks yeah. pretty good, and it had me hooked right from the get-go. Uh, just the drama of a, a guy that was trying to just have time with his family and just couldn't seem play to do it. Um, absolutely. Play a little chess, eat a little pudding, hang out with his daughter. And then all of a sudden he's at work shooting George Mason in the neck with a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm sorry, not in the neck. I think he took it in the leg. I think uh, Mason took the, uh, yeah, uh, the, the yeah, dart in the leg, right. but, but, um, all in all, I think that the way this was shot, it really was. If you look at the, all the seasons of 24, this one I think was the truest in terms of the real-time shooting. Mm-hmm. It really, really captured real-time. And I don't think it's ever been done like that again. It really progressed the plot along as if this was plotting along in real time where you can make the arguments that some of the subsequent seasons, maybe sometimes things happen that weren't quite as realistic to happen in one. I remember in one season where, you know, Jack was on a helicopter and then like five minutes later, he's on the ground and you know, it was, there were some holes there and I mean, you can't really fault the writers. It's tough to be able to do that and stick to that format, but season one did it so well. So yeah, I, I liked uh, season two was in my number two slot. Well, I, I, I see. I always I had such a tough time 
ranking season one because I love it and I've, I've probably seen it so many times and it, it's so different from the other seasons, you know, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the the, the way it ended kind of built or, or for, you know, made Jack Bauer who he was. So I always right. have a hard time ranking season one and I always kind of fluctuate. I don't have it as high as that because I think other seasons really – between the between the action and even the storytelling in some of these other years was great. I like I loved season four. Um, I, I thought yeah. I thought season four, the season four and five arc were were the best back to back seasons. Although again, and I'm getting to my number three here in a minute. Uh, we'll be number three actually, and uh, actually we're gonna we'll make this a little bit quicker because we I do want to get Brian on here for the last fifteen minutes. But um, I just I loved season four and and one of the uh, and actually, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to... The only reason you're still conscious is because I don't want to carry you. I forgot to play that during our Season 5 talk. And if you great, remember, great, if, great line. <laughs> if you remember that, that was uh, <laughs> Jack telling uh, the, the kid uh, that he wasn't going to carry him. But all the while, he was saving his life. But I have Season 5, Season 4, and then probably Season 3 are my top three, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, Season 1 is somewhere somewhere in there and it just it, it's tough for me to rank that one because it's, it's just it's so different from everything else yeah i agree i mean see uh, if there were going to be a number two that would unseat season one it would have been season four i thought start to finish the introduction of the uh james heller character who mm-hmm. ended up being such a big part of oh, the, the rest worst, of the though. 24 lore he, he, was um, a, he was a terrible person let, let, let's 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 throw this out here okay that that guy was a terrible person he screwed jack over he was so self-righteous oh you know what audrey reigns too awful i hated her you know she, she yeah ruined, you know she ruined jack <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was never a huge fan of the Audrey Reigns character. I know a lot of people like will go up and down to defend her. I always thought that she weakened Jack a little yeah, bit, and I thought bailed, that it was a, a situation where the two of them were just never. It, it was it was almost like that star cross type, you know, connection that was just never going to be uh, meant to be. So, yeah, I was never a big fan of her character as well. I think I share your sentiment in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, season four, I thought was was excellent. I thought it had a solid villain. Abi Marwan played by Arnold oh, Vosloo, uh, you know, mummy. of uh, the mummy <laughs> fame, you know, obviously he was I think he was like the longest reigning villain at the time. I mean, all I these other villains so. usually would get like killed off midseason and they'd bring in somebody else. This time, no. Marwan started off, he, and he, he was pretty awesome. much he was right there to the end, yep. and he was elusive. Every week, he just kept getting away, and you're like, "Aren't they going to get this guy? What's happening?" But uh, great, great stuff on on season four. Um, starting to come around on season three a little too. Uh, we we may have to you know go into this at another time, but uh, I, I just rewatched season three not too long ago, and I'm, I'm really starting to come around on that too with Chase Edmonds and the Salazars, and I, I thought that was really Wait, a, a, a Arizona very very Cardinals, good season. Uh, running back. <laughs> Chase yes, Edmonds. the Arizona Cardinals running back. Yep, absolutely. Right. That's what See, happened. We, That's everybody. Nobody that's seen twenty four at the end, he becomes an Arizona Cardinals running back. That's that's how it works out, and the rest is history. So we're good. Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we're gonna have to spend some time, uh, you know, maybe later this week talking about twenty four or whenever the hell we feel like it. Because hey, <laughs> we can do what we want. But um, we are, and and I agree with you. I I do think that. Um, Season three definitely grew on me as the time went on. And, and it wasn't so much that I didn't like it to begin with. It was that I think I liked season four and season five so much more. And it became, you know, those were the default best seasons uh, of that series. But we do want to shift focus here a little bit because we have our man, Mr. Brian Snow of Snowman in the Morning, joining us now for our crossover for the last 10 minutes here. So, Brian, good morning. How are we doing today? Good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, look, we, we, we try to talk some basketball, but I, I love saving it for when we can get you on here because there's a couple <laughs> things I want to ask you about. Uh, first of all, look, we got to give credit where credit's due. The Lakers are off to a good start, 6-1. and one, But um, I don't, naturally, I don't naturally, care. naturally. I really do, I really do not care. Yeah, well, this is now... Talk to me in April yeah, that's, when they actually make a playoff spot. Exactly. Exa- thank you. See, and that's that's why I have you on here, because you share, <laughs> you share a lot of the same thoughts I have when it comes to this topic. Well, um, not surprisingly, uh, King James, as he likes to call himself, uh, took to Twitter yesterday to congratulate himself on still being the king and uh, having three straight triple doubles. So uh, uh, 
What do you think of that? I know, I know, I know you love his uh, his his uh, modestness, his humbleness, <laughs> and I say that very sarcastically. I, I know, and I have a very good response. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Now, you get seven triple doubles when you're pressed into a point guard spot and LeBron ain't a point guard, then talk to me, okay? <laughs> and the season I'm referring to, of course, was 1989, an injury to John Paxson and forced Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time, to play point guard, and he had seven consecutive triple doubles. And by the way, four of them came on the road. So LeBron, shut up. <laughs> I like it. You know what? I, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pull that clip and play that a lot. LeBron, shut up. I like it. It's it's gonna be a, a staple for our uh, our show moving shit. forward. Just like hey, this. Shit. <laughs> I've I've said that for the years he's been active in the NBA. Now I will give this caveat. He's a fantastic athlete. I don't like him as a basketball player. Period. And, and and look, I mean, uh, that, it's a, it's a fair assessment, and I understand that you know you uh, you like I have a uh, you know again we we're we're pretty anti LeBron in that sense. We'll always take our opportunity to take a shot at him, and I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, and it makes it so much easier that he's a Laker. I mean, as a Celtics fan, speaking of the Celtics, look look at looking pretty good without Kyrie Irving. Just saying, Gordon I Hayward, thirty nine points last night. Love. I absolutely love what the Celtics are doing right now. The Celtics are one of the biggest wild cards in the East. Everybody wants to hand it over to Philadelphia and and Toronto. Look, Toronto's still in the mix as well. But if there's a wild card, it's the Boston Celtics. Oh, and we we we're we're seeing it now that this team uh, is clearly closer. Uh, I mean, some of the stuff we're seeing just on the court, celebration wise, all that stuff, we didn't see it all last year. And again, you know, you look at. Uh, <laughs> You look at Kyrie Irving, and yes, you know he's he's statistically had a really great season, but you know we've already seen little blips here and there, and it's like, well, good luck, Brooklyn. You know, you know, have have fun rooting for that because I, I was fooled. I was fooled. I don't know about Mike, but I was fooled. Mike, you there? We all were. Okay, and nope, the Celtics did better without Kyrie. Go back to 2018. Go go back to the Eastern Conference Finals when the um, Celtics were 12 minutes away from a trip to the world championship to face the Golden State Warriors, which should have been that final series. But great. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> would have been a wonderful would have been a wonderful series. So speaking of, uh, and, and we're kind of bouncing all over the place here, but we're going to go back to the Lakers here for a second because uh, I don't know if you heard it. I, I'm sure you did. Anthony Davis uh, in his hometown before last night's game against the Bulls uh, talking about his future, and he was asked would he ever play for the Bulls, and he alluded to the fact that he was a free agent next year. Do you think this is going to be an issue moving forward or just a little, uh, you know, he's just got to learn how to speak better and not say those things? <laughs> uh, you know what? The hell with it. I'm going to put a bold prediction oh. out there and a lot of aren't going to like me, but Anthony Davis gets traded at the deadline to the Bulls. Will it happen? Yeah, probably not, because they want to try to make it work when the Lakers are busy getting a foot put in them by the Western (laughs) Conference, including the Golden State Warriors, by the way. But Anthony Davis is gone after this year, and he's going home. That's how I feel. He's going to my hometown Bulls. The Bulls are a young team. They're going to take their lumps this year. I know it and I feel it. But at the same time, even though they lost a 13-point lead last night, you expect a young team to struggle. Mm-hmm. When Anthony Davis comes home to the Bulls, he won't don number 23, number one, out of sheer unadulterated respect. Number two, he got strong-armed by LeBron to not wearing number 23, and I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> But yeah, you know how I feel. <laughs> yes, I, I know. Davis is a one year is a one year one hit wonder, and I still say this fact, and it's true. If you look, if people decide to do their research, they will know that Anthony Davis has not played a full season since he's been in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, you lose him for any extended period of time. This this Lakers team is is not, I don't think, good enough. Well, look, everything's all, and you mentioned it before. Like, talk to me in April when it comes to the Lakers, and and you're right, everything's all rosy because you know, hey, for the first time in forever, LeBron didn't play in the playoffs. So guess what? Three extra months rest. All of a sudden, it's it's the first couple weeks of the season, and he looks fresh, and it's like, okay, wow, he's playing defense, kinda. Um, 
<laughs> not what, playing. What, yeah, well, that, that's let's what I'm saying. Kind of. Let's be truly on. There is no kind of, okay? You heard the snowman say it first on full press coverage, and I'm going to talk more about this during hour two. You, LeBron does not play defense, okay? Don't give me that chase down block on Andre Iguodala. Don't give me any of his chase down blocks. Don't give me any of his steals. Nothing. When he wins a defensive player of the year and decides to actually play defense and gets elected to the all defensive team, which he has not, which has not happened in 16 years, by the way. Like it's I not going to happen now. It's not going to happen. It ain't gonna, <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm waiting for the first time the Lakers play the Warriors in the regular season. And this Band-Aid Warrior team, which are still the Western Conference champions, by the way, dealing with a ton of injuries right now. Wait till they get it together. That's all I'm gonna say. Wait till they get it together. Uh, you know what? Like I said, I'm 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 with you, man. I I want to <laughs> anything to see uh, the Lakers and LeBron suffer is, is good for me. And I apologize for anyone out there listening. That's Lakers fans. It's just it's in my blood to to hate that team, just like it is. And I started the show talking about how much I hate the Canadians. Well, guess what? The Lakers are <laughs> the the Lakers are in that realm. And uh, you know, Canadians, the hockey team, not mm-hmm. Canadians in general. I mean. I had a typo yesterday that said right. I hate Canadians. The, Mon- and- <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> yes, yes. We're talking about the Montreal Canadiens. The uh, C-A-N-A-D-I-E-N-S. E-N-S. Yes. No Not A-N-S. Yes. E- I- but, but E-N-S. And I saw that tweet last night when you threw that out there. <laughs> well, hey, hey, look. You know what? At that point last night, I was I was pretty much against the entire country. You know, the only redeeming quality <laughs> was the fact that they invented hockey and I had to give right. them credit for that. But no, look, I uh, obviously I hate the Montreal Canadiens, you know, the, the hockey team and the players, <laughs> anyone associated with that team. So um, it sounds like I, I, I we, we lost Mike for a minute. So I do want to <laughs> Mike, are you there? Are we there? Yes, hey, actually, hey, I'm look, working on my yes, actually, I'm working on my new column. Why Ian Glendon hates Canada. Uh, it's it's going <laughs> to be uh, uh, out later on today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that is that appropriate, or does everyone get the joke? You know, am I going to get backlash from a you know, yeah maple syrup loving uh, frosty fry dipping? You know, no, I'm just, I'm just mayonnaise out of the jar eating Canadians fans. Everyone saw. I mean, if you want to talk, if you want to talk about the most vile image on the internet. Uh, just look up those uh, Canadians fans eating mayonnaise out of a bucket. That that is the most absurdly gross thing ever, and, and it kind of. You know, makes me feel better about hating them. I have a couple of more absurd. I have a couple of more absurd images. I just won't mention them on this program right now. (laughs) No, no, family friendly. Remember, you know that's that's why we haven't. That's why why I'm not mentioning them on this program. (laughs) And and that's why that's why we have not put Mike on camera yet because we have to PG thirteen him. He's he's a little too and not safe for work right now. You know, and we we keep telling him, Mike, you got to put some clothes on if you're coming on camera. So uh, hopefully tomorrow he will. have that all together so <laughs> but i'll does... tell you one more crack like that i'm really gonna write that column my friend and that's gonna go <laughs> viral you know <laughs> hey you know what i go for it go for it my friend because uh, we're all folks we're all having we're yeah. all having fun exactly. here okay exactly exactly and that's and that's why we do it. and ultimately that's why we we enjoy coming on here every morning doing the same thing talking about sports over and over again waking up oh, like, without question at the crack of dawn like last night so uh i i found myself i'm a big historical documentary guy like i, I will i will watch through any single single one on on netflix and i happened to find one last night that just came out it's called the devil next door and it's about the uh the, the late 80s case about the cleveland guy who was accused of being ivan the terrible you know all that stuff if you're a documentary fan i highly recommend watching it it is a fantastic um I like I like documentaries that 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 tell it right down the middle and kind of give perspective from yep. both parties and they do a fantastic job of that and I I, I really enjoyed it so uh, but I say that to say I got very little sleep last night because <laughs> I, I was I was up and I was fixed on that watching that until it was over it's a five part series so it's it's certainly long um, but. I love doing the show so much. Waking up after only a few hours of sleep was no problem. And uh, I just had a little bit of extra coffee. But uh, look, we have a lot of fun here. I I love when we can get Brian on because, hey, Brian's got his show coming up here in a few minutes. And uh, I heard through the grapevine that Mr. Mike DeBate is a guest today. 
You know what? Mike's on my show twice a week, and yes, he will join me at the bottom of hour one. So pay attention, folks. This is going to be fun. We'll discuss the happenings and everything that happened in week nine. And we got a few more things on the docket. I'll, I'll, I'll talk the CFP college, uh, college football playoff. Their first four has been introduced with the surprise. What else do I have on the docket? Chris Dietz will join me during hour two. And, of course, I have my snowman's take for the final time. Oh, what the hell? It ain't going to be the final time. My <laughs> snowman's take will be on the LeBron James-led Lakers and why they will plummet out of the Western Conference race. That's all in 120 seconds. That's fantastic. And I will certainly be listening, uh, as I do every morning. And I recommend anyone out there that is tuning in on Full Press Radio to continue to stay locked on to Full Press Radio. Like that, Mike? Um and if if you are dynamite drop in that broadcasting school is really paying off my friend well yeah i gotta pay the bill somehow right um absolutely if you're watching (laughs) if you're watching on sportscaster uh hop on over to full press radio you can follow us on twitter it's at full press radio you can see the link to the stream a stream on there uh check out snowman we got that coming up and then of course uh college credit hour coming up brand new episode at noon so Hi, I'm Ian Glenn, and you can follow me on Twitter. It's at IGLEN31. He is Mike DeBate. It's at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. Uh, he will be joining Snowman in the morning. That is D-A, Snowman's back. Follow him on Twitter. Follow us all on Twitter. And, as always, have a great day, folks. And so long, losers! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.